For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Matty, how are you doing yes, today? Yes, sir. I am great as usual to be on the show. We got some one of my favorite dudes ever. I'll let you keep going. but Oh, uh, well, yeah. We, we do have a very, very special guest today. Uh, one of the, uh, not the OG New Jersey running back, but one of the OG New Jersey running backs in, uh, uh, in Wisconsin history. The one and only Anthony Davis. Anthony, thank you so much for uh, spending a little bit of time with us here today. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on, and I'm always happy to talk Badger football, especially when I get to do it with my boy Bernie. So, All right, guy. yeah, we uh, we love having Bernie uh, as part of the show now. He is uh, His energy is infectious, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well, uh, before we get into it, I want to remind you guys that we are, in fact, presented by betonline.ag. Whether you're into sports betting or the online casino, BetOnline is the place where you need to go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games, futures on who you think will win the championship, season win totals, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Wisconsin's only win total there is only nine and a half. That's a, I think that's a really good number for Wisconsin. I don't see us losing. I don't see us losing three games. So uh, head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Before the next big game, before the kickoff of the college football season, head on over to Bet Online to start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. AD, uh, like so many questions we have, but usually we start by asking guys, how did you end up at Wisconsin? What made what made Wisconsin the choice for you coming out of high school, and what was the recruiting process like for you? So, the recruiting process for me was. I was a track guy, you know, um, so I had a lot of scholarship offers. By the time I hit my sophomore year in high school, I was a state champ. Um, so I had a lot of scholarship offers for track. I knew I wanted to play football. I didn't really break out in football until my junior year. And I was mainly being recruited by um, some local schools, you know, uh, Big East schools at the time when that conference was still a thing. Uh, Syracuse, Boston College was really uh, heavy on the recruiting trail. They were signing a lot of Jersey guys. Um, I think Minnesota might've recruited me, Iowa, Penn state. Um, but I wasn't getting a lot of attention. I think, you know, I, I had maybe like a, a few offers. Um, I had an offer. I was getting a lot of attention from like Notre Dame, you know, and, uh, and uh, Georgia tech. And those were kind of the first two schools that really started showing interest, but they never offered me a scholarship, you know? So I kind of started to, to learn how the recruiting game worked. Uh, in terms of, you know, they're going to recruit tier one guys that they want. And then there's going to be tier two guys that they recruit 
that they, they kind of keep interested if they don't get the guys they want. And there's going to be tier three guys if they don't get the tier one or tier two guys. And so I quickly learned that I wasn't a tier one guy. And I started like kind of slamming it to recruiters after that. I'm like, yo, you got a scholarship for me? Nope. All right. Talk to you later. Call back when you got a scholarship. And so that was the recruiting process. Um, it, it came down to me between Boston College and, and, and Wisconsin. They both at the time ran a pretty much the same offense, a zone scheme. And uh, they, you know, Boston College wasn't too far from home, but wasn't too uh, close either. So those are the two schools that I took official visits to. Um, and I remember, I think his name was Coach Baker at the time. He was the coach that was recruiting me. Uh, he came to my house and, and, you know, showed me a video of the zone scheme and he explained how it worked. And I was sitting here like, man, I can do that. You know, like I looked at the film, I was like, yeah, I, I think I can do that. And he's like, yeah, this is, he was showing me Michael Benny. He said, this, this is probably going to be a starter next year. Um, and I was looking at it. I said, I can, I, I know I can do that. <laughs> and and um, that's what kind of made me uh, make the choice. I said, to, to go to Wisconsin. I didn't know too much about it. I had some connections there. Um, you know, my best friend at the time, his sister was a, a faculty member. So she was a professor there. Uh, so I felt like I, it, it was a good, it was a good shot. And I had had enough of Jersey at the time. So I'm like, I'm ready to just try something new. Um, and, and went on my recruiting trip, which was interesting and fun. And, uh, <laughs> And I made the choice. You know, I love that that football was such a big deal there. I love that, you know, the running back was uh, kind of the focal point of the offense. And I love that uh, when I talked to coach, uh, he said, yeah, we're going to give you a shot at running back. But I'm looking at you to play corner or safety or anything else. You know, this is what we want to give you a shot to play. And so I, I trusted that. And that's what helped me make my decision. That's first off one great decision, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> who was your uh, two questions? You were, were, cause I remember, did Ronnie ever reach out to you? Yeah. So I actually, my, on my recruiting trip, um, he was the first person who came and picked me up and we went out and uh, ate dinner at the, uh, what's that steakhouse that, that, that we go to. Oh, the I Avenue. Think, was it the Avenue steakhouse? It wasn't the Avenue. It was a different one. And Tornado I can't room? remember it. It was on university, but uh, we went to, we, we went out to eat. Smokies. Smokies. That's exactly what it was. And we went to, um, you know, he picked me up and we went out to eat. So that was pretty cool. I'm like, wow, this is, this is Ron Dan. I'm sitting there eating dinner with, 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 with the man, you know? So, um, that was pretty cool. And uh, that's really cool. Then, then I kind of got bounced around in terms of hosting wise, you know, I spent some mm-hmm. time with Jeff Mack and Bryson, which was, which was interesting. Uh, Roger Knight, which was super interesting. But Roger Knight's a Jersey guy, isn't he? He's a Brooklyn, New York guy. Brooklyn, New York. I should Brooklyn know or Bronx. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, Raj was uh he was he was an interesting host. If you don't know Raj, man, he's uh he, he very much looked kind of looked like Isaac Hayes, man. You know, big guy, <laughs> bald, big beard, you know, uh huge, huge reggae fan, always wore a Bob Marley shirt, super, super smart, uh, very much committed to 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 his academics. So I guess, you know, they they kind of saw that in me and tried to, I guess, pair us together for that. You know, he was you know, I used to beat the books up, you know, always in the library and uh, staying late, late in the locker room, reading and studying for engineering. So dude was an engineering major, which was crazy. But yeah, that's, that was my host. That was my host of Mark trip. It, to bounce around from Raj and then Bryson is pretty interesting. I mean, Jeff Mack is kind of a normal guy. Yeah. In comparative to these other, you know, Raj to me was over the top all the time, but I loved him. Man. <laughs> and I didn't even, uh, well, I was not, I never played on a team with him. 
Oh, you, did you ever get to know Raj at all? He was going with bit, but, but not not a ton. But I just Jeff would tell me stories. Man, Raj, Raj was one of the most interesting guys ever. So, like I said, he was super committed to to school, and I definitely respected him for that. And he was huge, super strong. I mean, he had he had probably the biggest legs of anybody I've ever seen in my life. And he uh, he always wore a Bob Marley shirt, and that was what he wore under his pads. And this guy didn't really make much noise. He was a kind of a stick to business type of guy, but because he was so serious and you didn't really get like a lot of interaction from him, he was kind of scary, you know? So like when he did speak, people would always listen, you mm-hmm. know, if he, if he, if he yelled, it was like practice would stop. Like, Oh, you know, like Raj just, you know, Raj just got mad or, 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 or was upset about something, you know, that's kind of how he was, but he, um, very much humble dude down to earth, but just real focused on trying to get through school and ball out. For him. Yeah. That Bob Marley shirt meant a lot to him. I would, yeah. That's it's what like, I would say. Like, but you were there. It's like Al Johnson wearing the, um, the shoebox t-shirt. Oh, like, or in every, every, every yes. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly, that's a great comparison. That's exactly how it was, man. Yeah. But he, Perkins, he, we I just remember, got, yeah, we just got, I wasn't there. AD, I think this was your first year. Mm-hmm. Everyone got suspended for the shoebox issue that happened the year before. Blackhawk shoes, right? It was uh, Black Earth. Oh, Black, Black Earth. Earth. I thought yeah. it was Black, yeah, Black Earth. Or something, but yeah. Um, and this guy, Ben Johnson, was the biggest guy on our team. Had to be the tallest and the biggest and wore a T-shirt every day that said the shoebox on it. And you, it pissed all the coaches off. Yeah. He wore it five days, every in a different day, different color. Yellow, yep. red, and they were ugly. Green, like they were ugly shirts. Yeah, man. He uh <laughs> that's exactly how large was with this with this Bob Marley shirt. And uh <laughs> one day, you know, we, we were in the laundry, I guess his shirt wasn't dry or something. And I mean, he was upset, man. He was crushed, man. I mean, I really I felt it. I'm like, oh man, I better make sure this dude's this dude's shirt gets dry, man. He was not happy. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, yeah, same deal, same deal. I know, I, Matt, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but um, Jeff Mack told me a story once that he was, I think he was a freshman, mm-hmm. and Cosgrove was like, hey, Jeff, um, is Raj coming to practice today? And Jeff's like, I don't know. And he's like, can you go make sure, you know, inside's coming up. So Raj's just down there hanging out, and he said he went down. Jeff's like, hey, um, we're about to go to inside. You know, Coach Cosgrove wants you to come to practice. Raj's like, all right, I'll be up there when I, I'll be up there. Yeah. showed up, tied his shoes, put his shoulder pads on and made every tackle. Yeah. And so the they're like, was, you know what? <laughs> Do what you want. He played that drop linebacker position and this dude used to blow up the edge every time. I'm like, yo, yeah. man, I don't, I couldn't imagine. I mean, that position is just like, you might as well just get rid of your shoulder after playing that position, you know, because of how, how they have to spill things and wrong shoulder things. And I'm like, man, this, this dude used to blow up the edge every single time. Yeah, and he was ginormous. Crazy story. He was um, one day. Uh, he was, I think, he was late for a lift or something. And you know how that is, man. You get Not you're late for a lift, man. It's like that's like a cardinal sin. So we we were practicing, and he was a starter. This is no lie. Where he was late for a lift, uh, we're practicing, and uh, JD afterwards is like, hey, after practice. I need to see A, B, C, D, F, and G. It was like four guys. Raj was one of them. And um, I think maybe another safety we had. So I'm like, oh, man, they can't, you know, they can't. There's no way that the starters are going to get 
the same treatment that we were getting as freshmen. Because freshmen, you late for a lift, man. It's you might people would cry if they were late. <laughs> just knew something was some type of there's gonna be some type of consequence. And uh lo and behold, after practice, JD calls him up. All of a sudden, I see guys just take off sprinting towards the weight room. I'm like, damn, I wonder what they have to do. I thought they were gonna have to run like cross fields or something like that. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe they got off. Maybe they got lucky, you know. I go back down to the Powerade room and these guys are in the squat rack, full gear, you know, like doing the whole lift. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo. He was ruthless. Yeah, and Raj left that didn't and care. Like, yeah, don't be late for lifts, young buck. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Message. <laughs> Dude, I just remember blowing lights on my scooter. Like, I'm like, if the cops pull me over, I'm just going to, I'm just going to the stadium. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I'd rather get arrested or a ticket than get be late to the stadium. My freshman year during those developmental lists, I used to catch the bus in front of Wando's down university at like five, like five in the morning. And um, I overslept one time. I'm talking about I hit a full sprint from the towers to the stadium. Oh, I've done that. I was late for my lift. I walked up to JD. My heart is pounding. I said, he said, why are you late? I said, I don't have no excuse, sir. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't have zero excuses. I'm just late. Get in there and finish the lift up. So the whole lift, I'm like terrified because I'm like, okay, I know. <laughs> I know this is not it. You know, I know he's going to call me, call me back up here for Stairmaster or something else. And, uh, and he was like, man, I like that you own that. I'm going to let you slide this time. You know, oh, man. Don't, don't ever, don't ever be late again. But that's how you know JD loved you. So Matt, we used to have a lift developmental lift was Sunday after a game at different times and mm -hmm. torture because you would usually, if you won, everyone would go out and celebrate. And if you won, it was, you know, a huge, huge, huge party that could go to three, four in the morning. And then you'd have to wake up at five, six, seven o'clock and go to developmental lift. And the lift was hard. Mm -hmm. Lots. It was like everything you didn't want to do hungover. Bot would always be like, you guys smell like a bar. <laughs> we were there a few hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. when you smoke in a bar. So everyone smelled terrible. We did us uh, and we would do shakeout runs, which was like, Ugh. we would run, basically designed to run, to run for people to sweat a lot. I'll say that. It was designed for people to sweat a lot. We would run after the game to, to loosen people up and get whatever, you know, people was doing the night before out of their system. Um, and uh, like Bernie said, with the developmental lifts, man, they're exactly what they are. Developmental lifts, they're designed to make people bigger, faster, stronger. And you're doing this stuff before class time, before class. So I can remember being exhausted by like 8.15 in the morning. I felt like I'd been through a week's worth of workouts because we would do these lifts that finished with some type of conditioning and some type of core. And our, our strength and conditioning coach was super intense, which is great. Cause that's what you, that's pretty much what you want. But I used to be exhausted by like 9 AM class. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to go to sleep for the night, you know, because these lists were so challenging. Yeah. So did you know at that point that Ross Kalajic was going to be like this, just absolute monster and become a strength coach? Cause I know he would have been a senior when you were a true freshman, right? Yep. No, yeah. Nothing surprised me about that. Like I love Ross. He was, dude was like, uh, super strong. Like he was kind of like the Hulk, you know, he was like, kind of like this super intelligent, but massive, strong, 
guy, intense guy on the field, but dude was super intelligent. Um, so I, I'm not surprised at all that he went to strength and conditioning coaching because he was a monster in the weight room. And, uh, you know, I used to go up against those guys all the time on scout team. And that's kind of how I, I got, um, that's kind of how I got a look, you know, because we were so deep at running back. I think I was like maybe seventh or eighth string, you know, and I was so, I was so far back in, in the running back line, you know, the stretch lines, how they stretch by position. I was so far back that I used to go get in like the, the kicker's line or go get in some <laughs> other line. I'm like, man, this is embarrassing being way back here, man. I can't do this. I'm going to go stretch with another position. So at least look like I'm a little further up on a depth chart, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, that's how I really started to get some looks. Um, you know, me and Pettis were on the scout team and we just started, I mean, we just started killing the first team defense. I mean, we were just destroying them. And, uh, <laughs> and that's how I got to know, a lot of those guys. Yeah. Indeed. What? So we had the same coach, Coach Brian White, CB Dub. When you met him the first time, did he come to your high school? You told me a story that he came to your high school and you just watched dudes like throw things out the window at him. And this he was like, after me. So, oh, okay. <laughs> this was maybe like three years in. There was a kid in my high school named Eugene Monroe, and he was like the number one tackle in the country. And all these schools were after him, and we were trying to get him, you know. And Coach went up to the school to recruit him, to, to visit with him. And uh, Coach, Coach Al told me the story about this one. But, you know, so he walks up to the school, and I wish he would have talked to me because I'm like, hey, man, you go to the school, just put on a big Wisconsin shirt. You know, just put yeah. on a big Wisconsin football shirt, and you, they're going to show you love. But they don't show up there with like a blue blazer and a suit on. They're probably going to think you're the feds, you know. So <laughs> he walks, he goes to the school and the door's locked. And so he sees, um, I think he sees some guys like just staring out the window, which should have been red flag number one, right? Middle of the school day, <laughs> these guys are just chilling, looking out the window. So he calls up to him. <laughs> Supposedly, this will coach out to him. He calls up to him and he's like, hey, um, you guys want to come down and can you send someone down to open the door? Uh, and they looked at him and said, man, F, you know, F you, man, get the F out of here. So you flip them off or whatever. So you know how he can get, man. He got mad and flipped them off back. And yeah. they, then they, then they like supposedly threw some water on them and, and tried to spit at them. And, you know, <laughs> so Coach Al is telling me the story and I'm trying my hardest not to laugh because I can, Knowing him, I can envision exactly how this goes and how it happens, man. So, but yeah, he was, I think he was happy after that. Yeah. And the guy ended up going to uh, Virginia, he ended up committing to Virginia. So, oh, nice. He was a first nice. round pick, I think. He was, he was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so, okay. So, before we get into talk about like your playing days a little bit, I'm actually just curious to think obviously, when you were being recruited by Wisconsin, like it was heavy zone run scheme. Right. You know, I mean, Wisconsin was known for like third and Dane. Didn't matter what it was like the ball. Mm -hmm. It could have been third and 12. It was still going to be a handoff up the middle of Ron Dane. He was still probably going to get the first down. Um, How do you feel about sort of the evolution of offense, especially the running back position at this point? Because it seems like at this point, running backs are asked to do so much more in, in terms of not just like pass protection, but running routes out of the backfield. And how do you feel like you would have adapted to today's game? You know, I feel like that I would have had I would have had some hurdles to climb because I wasn't used in a passing game like that. You know, and that was always a part of my game that, that I needed to that was underdeveloped, you know. So I would have needed to make some big jumps 
and adjustments in order to adapt to today's game. Um, but I love that, you know, even high schools use running backs differently now. You know, those days of, I mean, we ran a triple option in my school, you know, which was like the most basic, you know, we ran, we ran. Listen, a man, we ran, a, my school ran a wing tee. So, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we didn't really throw the ball. We, we ran a triple option, a veer option, a speed option. There was like three or four plays we ran and just, you know, right or left. And so it was really simple, simple offense. But now you'll, you're starting to see uh, younger kids learn the X's and O's of the game, which is why you see a lot more kids coming in day one ready to play, you know, because they've had access to, you know, more of an advanced offensive or defensive system in high school. You know, they're learning the X's and O's of the game a lot sooner. And they also have access to tons of videos on stuff. You know, we didn't have access to that type of stuff coming into school. They can watch videos and, and do NFL drills. They can, they can watch videos and understand zone schemes. They can watch videos and understand, um, you know, three, four defenses, you know, blitz pickups, all that stuff. So, I mean, they have access to a lot more information than we did. So it's, it's and they're also doing like, you know, pro pro type workouts and training in high school, you know, that was not really a thing. You know, you relied on whatever your, your team conditioning was. And if you played other sports, you know, that was a form of conditioning too. The most I've seen were, were kids who had like, in some schools had weightlifting teams that, you know, kids, you know, kids would participate in, but these kids have trainers, you know, they're training, they're doing workouts, football workouts on the side, you know? So I just think that, you know, the, the game is evolving, but a lot more younger, younger guys are getting access to um, better resources, which they're coming in game ready day one, like boom, ready to play. Yeah, it's crazy because one of my friends is his name is Ryan. He played at Vanderbilt, played in the pros for about six, seven years. And he he's coaching like fifth and sixth grade offense. He's an offensive lineman. He's coaching like fifth and sixth grade offensive linemen on like different types of pass sets. And I'm just like, what on earth is happening now? I'm like, the kids are 12, 13, 12 years old, and like, you know, learning, you know, like half kick steps, full kicks. Like it's, I'm just like, this is absolutely mind blowing to me. So uh, it's, it's the amount of training that kids are getting from such a young age is absurd. Yeah. absolutely. So, sorry to cut you off, Matt. No, 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 that's fine. I, I was actually going to ask AD since you're in this world, I, I've seen a trend of guys showing up to colleges early. Mm -hmm. They they skip their senior second semester to come to school to start going to class, you know, weightlifting, doing so they can have an opportunity to play. They do spring ball from your professional slash your life experiences. What do you think of that? Uh, so there's two there's two sides of it from, you know, the personal like me knowing the experience I had in high school. I'm like, yeah, no, no, thanks. Um, you know, I want to have my senior year of high school. But again, these kids, they have a different level of focus and they're very craft driven, you know, that they're, they're coming out with the intention. This is what it is for me. You know, I want, I want, I'm committed to being a D1 player. You know, my parents may have invested money in me training with a, a professional coach or trainer. You know, I've, I've been, they're going all over the place to go to camps to get looks, you know, they're participating in, in all types of things that we didn't necessarily have access to. So I can understand from their standpoint why that's that's a decision that they're, that they're making. I personally, me, no, not going to happen, you know. Um, but again, you know, this is this is a different kind of era in terms of football. You know, they're, they're, they're a lot more committed to this type of craft um, and driven. 
and, and have the resources to, to really know that getting on the field is a possibility. I didn't necessarily, I wanted to play as a freshman, but I'm, by the first day of camp, I realized I'm, I need to get bigger and I need to get stronger before I step on the field or I'm going, or I'm going to get knocked into a different time zone. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, and I think they're, they're, they're walking in day one, you know, kind of field ready, ready to, to step on the field and, and, and compete in a college game. So, but I also think now that the NIL stuff is around, you'll see a lot more people taking advantage because it's lucrative to be in college and, 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 and be able, if you're a big time recruit, I mean, that's money, you know? So, I mean, we just saw, we just saw the kid out of Texas, Quinn Ewers, number one recruit in the country is going to Ohio state skip. He's skipping his entire senior season to go to Ohio state because he's probably gonna make seven figures in endorsements. And, you know, as, as fun as your senior year is million dollars is, is hard to pass up. It's a no brainer. Yeah, it's, it's, no it's absolutely a no-brainer. So, um, well, let, let's talk about some of your time at Wisconsin. Obviously, 2001, you break out as a redshirt freshman, Big Ten freshman of the year. What do you attribute your early success to? Was it getting those reps on scout team as as a true freshman? Like, what made it so that you were able to have so much success as a redshirt freshman? I definitely think the, the year, my, my time on scout team was really helpful. Um because we had a good defense that year, you know, a, a defense that we don't necessarily get, I guess, the credit for because of the shoebox scandal. And they had all, we had all these staggered suspensions where as a team, even as a defense, you know, we, we had different guys missing, missing games at different times, but that was a hell of a defense to practice against. You know, Jason Doran was probably one of the hardest hitters I've ever seen been on the field with. So I quickly learned that the safeties were the true danger. You know, it wasn't big linebackers, it wasn't guys with no necks, you know, it was, it was the safety that, that got the, you know, five, six, seven yards on you who really understood defense. Those are the guys that would, that would really, that could mess you up. Um, then we had, you know, Wendell Bryan and Ross Kalaji on the front line, Jake Sprague. I mean, we had all these, these guys, Roger Knight was there, Bryson, Jeff Mack, Nick Grison, who was like a genius at linebacker. I mean, playing against those guys was like, man, you you really had to step up. But I started to get more confident and even to develop a little chip on my shoulder once I started doing well against those guys. And I, I think I started to earn their respect because they're like, dang, man, you, you know, you, you, you know, we had to repeat this play four times because, you know, somehow you kept finding the corner, or kept cutting the ball back. And, uh, you know, that, that 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 really gave me a lot of confidence by the time we hit bowl game practice, which is pretty much like a, a mini spring ball for young guys is a chance to, for, to get looks, to scrimmage, um, to get to get a chance to run your offense. You're running the Wisconsin offense versus the scout team offense. And so by the time we got the bowl game practice, I was, I was pretty comfortable and confident. I also had a lot of probably a whole cycle of developmental lifts under my belt. I started doing well in the weight room because that was another area that I just had zero experience in. I mean, like I didn't know. I had never squatted before I came to Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they, they um, he sent me to work out. JD sends a workout. They sent the workout home with a video. And I'm like, man, what, what the hell is this stuff? Hang clean, power jerk, split jerk. I don't know. I never heard of that stuff. So I'm up in the Y. I worked at the Y as a summer camp counselor. And afterwards, you know, I would go downstairs and work out. I'm working out with guys, guys in the Y who are fresh out of jail, you know, working out in yard work gloves, like, yo, don't do that. Just do these dips, man. You, you go, okay. You know, 
guys shaped like the Eminem dudes, you know, super big up top, no legs. Like, man, skip those squats here. Put, put these 45 plates on and let's do some dips, man. And I'm like, yo, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing that, man. I think they really want me to do these cleans, whatever they were. So I came in real green, not really understanding those lifts. So it was a long uphill battle just to get me to learn the lifts. And then once I did, I started to get stronger, faster, put on some weight, and, and that helped uh, build my confidence too. Uh, going against the first team defense, I kind of developed an edge. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't remember. Was Bryson there when you when you came, Burn? Yeah. So you know how Bryson is, man. He's an yeah. edgy, edgy, intense type of player. You know, yeah. so you had to have an edge because, you know, you make you make the defense repeat a couple plays, and it's and it's, it's maybe you you know you, you hit him with a move or something, and Cosgrove is yelling at him. He is not a happy dude, man. And <laughs> Bryson so, could flip that switch and be a very, uh, a, a mean guy on the field. He was oh, old, man. nice off, but on the field was different. Yeah. Dude was the most soft-spoken, nice guy off the field. On the yeah. field, you, you could get into a fist fight with him. And and then like two minutes later, walking off the field, he's like, hey, you okay? Yeah, you, you look good <laughs> out there. You look pretty good. And I'm sitting here like, is this some type of trick, man? Yo, AD, who was on that video? I wish I had that. The um the, the workout video? It was such a doofy video. Yeah, it was. It was a, I don't remember who it was that was doing all the dynamic laps and all that. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I think I might still have it at home. I just Dude, gotta go. It's on a VHS, which is yeah. I, I wish I had that. That would be gold to laugh yeah. at. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell That's you, cool. Matt Perkins, when I showed up on campus, when AD took his shirt off, I had no confidence left. <laughs> Like, oh my, look at this guy's physique is unreal. And I was like, that's when I knew I'm like, man, I gotta do a lot more lifting. I gotta do a lot more strength and conditioning. Man, I gotta eat healthier. I got well, in trouble. You, you know, before my freshman year, I I had the track coach send me the send me the, the workouts I was supposed to be doing. Cause you know, I was coming in, I was coming in as a thrower. And mm -hmm. they send me in. And first of all, like I, I'm like, again, I like never lifted in high school. Like we had like my high school had like one bench and like a squat rack and that's about it, you mm -hmm. know? And I, and I, I hated, like, I hated lifting. Like I, I was a big dude already. Like I was like, I don't need a lift, you know, I'm already, you know, I'm, I'm six, three, two sixty five. Like I'm already the strongest dude in my high school. Like I, why do I need to lift? I'm from this little school in New Hampshire. And, uh, and so I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'll try some of this stuff. I was like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. Whatever. I'm not worried about it. And I show up first day on campus and we, and we have a track meeting I, and I'm standing next to Joe Thomas and uh, I, I stood next to Joe. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm Matt. He's like, oh, hi, I'm Joe. You know, nice, nice to meet you. And I, I was like, uh, I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute idiot. I really should have been lifting because this dude's already got five inches. I'm like, he's got five inches and, and 60 pounds. And just like, I don't know how I'm supposed to compete with this dude right here. So I was like, yeah, I, that whole lifting thing was never for me whatsoever. <laughs> whatsoever. I was like, crap, I do not know how I'm going to survive. So those I, I feel you when you talk about those developmental lifts because <laughs> me and the other freshmen, the, the lifts that we had, I mean, I don't even know what you guys would do for football, even, but even for track, they were just an absolute animal. I was dead after them. Like, I don't even know how I made it back to the towers. Yeah, man. And, and you know, our, our strength and conditioning coach, man, I don't know how this dude was so strong. Like he would like hop on the, he would hop on and show you an exercise and no warm up, no nothing. We'll just hop on and just nail it. Like, this is what I want you to do. And I'm like, damn, how, did, how the hell did he do that? You know? <laughs> this man just hopped up and we would do like chain incline press. 
So incline press is already hard and he's throwing chains on the side and we had to slow down and then pop it up. And he would just hop on and be like, yo, you're not doing this right. (laughs) Remember he would mock guys. He got me like that one time on the, on the, on the incline chain. He was like, everybody stop the lift. I want you to come look at this. Look, AD, this is what you're doing. He'd hop on with whatever way to hat on there. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Here's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> and just pop it on like that. And I'm like, dang, you know, like, how did he do that? So, oh man, that brings up you, dude. AD, you bring up so many funny stories that I forget that I'm like crying at how, how ridiculous JD JD's the reason I, sl- I have a clock in every room. Like, I can't, yeah, man. I think he like mentally screwed me that I have to have know what time it is, no matter where I am, because I'm nervous to be late to anything. Do you see, uh, do you see how I texted you earlier, earlier today? <laughs> That's it, yeah. 30 minutes early. I was like, oh man, I hope I didn't set up the wrong time. <laughs> hey, it's so funny because one day, years after I was done playing, I'm, you know, I'm I'm in grad school at the time. And it had been like five, six years after I'm playing. And um, you know, we had just went out, had a good time. It was probably like three in the morning. And me and Clink are playing like video games, like Madden at like <laughs> three, four in the morning. And uh, we turn the TV off. And as soon as we turn the game off put the TV on, JD pops up on a commercial for some type of chocolate milk or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting, it scared the crap out of me, man. I'm like, what the, what is JD doing on TV? Like this, I'm, this I'm thinking in my head, head, like, yo, I know I didn't have that much, you know? Yeah, I was like, man. And I was nervous. Coming to you in your dreams? From that point the, on. There were times in the towers I would, I would wake up, I thought it was time, I'd put all my clothes on, brush my teeth, check the clock, and it was like one o'clock in the morning. That's how like nervous I was mm-hmm. freshman. Um, it's crazy. Wait, so AD, so wait, I remember you'll love this to get talk. Or, so I want to go back to camp for a second because I I remember you like just shining during that camp. There were two guys I think get in front of you, but I mm-hmm. also I want to tell you a story when the Oregon game was our first game, wasn't it at Oregon? That was our second game of the year. It was we our started second with Virginia. Uh, Oh, that's right. When it's when there was um, thunder and lightning and it got the mm-hmm. lake. We still, dude, AD, you had a cutback on um, Oregon and ran for like 60 yards. Mm-hmm. I was in the towers. Drink. Now I could say this, but I was drinking a ton of beer, <laughs> just going bananas. And, and what's so funny is I was like, I know that guy. Yeah. And OD's sitting next to me like, dude, we're on the same team. You <laughs> idiot. Yeah, but that's AD. Like, look at him. It's so yeah. awesome. That was a that was the sickest cut. Dude, it's like you made one jump cut and the whole line disappeared. And then you just flew. Yeah, man. I really like those, you know, those zone schemes that gave, uh, especially when we ran out the spread, you just get a lot of options where you can go with the ball, you know. And coach, coach, of course, coached us up and 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 and, and taught us how to make those those last minute cuts, how to get people moving with your shoulder angles and stuff like that. And it just it just worked out, man. It worked out. I feel like we didn't run enough shotgun um, zones to you, though. I, I would like, have loved to get more, you know, because yeah. when we did run it, I, I had, you know, I felt like we were successful, you know, like we, we had a couple against O-State and Oregon, and mm-hmm. I wish we ran it a little bit more. You know, were you an inside zone guy or like an outside zone guy? 
I like both. Um, I probably like inside a little bit better uh, than I like outside because there was more options. You know, you can get the ball inside, you know, shoulder square to the line. You can go left. You can cut back. I mean, you just you can take the ball anywhere you want to. Whereas outside zone, you, you're pretty much limited to one or two cuts, you know. Uh, sure. That makes but I sense. really like the power play. That was my favorite play was power. I'm like, oh, man, I, I love this play. You know, I, you can just kind of hear the two thumps, pop, pop. And then, you know, yeah. all right, decision time. Yeah. Ball's going straight ahead. Ball's bouncing out. I mean, I, I love that play. I'm not going to lie. For a fullback, I did love that play also. It, See, it, I was worried. I'm like, I wonder if Byrne likes this play. Because those paps that I just talked about, one of those is yours. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Every single time. I, you know, AD, I will have always said this on any single broadcast I've ever been on. It was such an honor blocking for you. One, because we were such, I like, you are a family member to mm-hmm. me. Like, um, since they actually met you, I sat with you at lunch at the seminary when I was on my unofficial visit in August of 2000. So, like I've known you for so long, it's just so nice. And then when I got the block for you, anytime I missed a block, one, you made me look very good because if I missed the block by a little bit, you got out of it. But I just I felt it it was it was like I had to do well. And I like I really appreciated that push. You know, sometimes like you know, when Booker got in, you're like, I have to do a better job. One, because Booker's not you, although mm-hmm. I think Booker was a good football player, Dwayne the same thing. But you know, like, when you love somebody, like you gotta block better for them. I don't yeah, the team. I love Coach Brian White. So I got, you know, I, but yeah, dude, the power was no joke. Yeah, I used to feel the same way, Bernie. You know what really like made me kind of feel that? Of course, you know, we know each other and, and our families used to sit together at games and talk. Yeah. And, um, but uh, those slide draws, man. I, those slide draws, man. I, I've never seen. I mean, I think those those plays would probably be illegal right now. <laughs> um, but those slide draws, I'm like, man, when I see the way y'all have to fit and in, in, in that collision on a slide draw, I'd be like, man, I gotta, I gotta make something shake, man. I don't, I don't know how many of these these plays he got left in him. Every time coach called it, I'm like, oh man, you know. And I love actually, it, but, yeah, because well, it was a good play for the tailback. Yeah, but for fullbacks, good grief. So Matt, this play was it was a, it was a draw basically, and. It, it almost seemed every, first off in practice, I would hit Jeff Mack every day and Jeff knew it was coming. He, I, I don't know. He either knew cause the, it, it just opened up and it was Jeff and me in a big space, which is not a fullback stream. Like I don't want to be in a huge space. I want to be in a confined space so mm-hmm. I can at you full speed. Jeff was great at blowing me up. And this is also, I was a, I was a freshman, so I was kind of doofy, but in the games, I loved it because I knew it was one-on-one. And I knew those middle linebackers thought that they could get the better, they could get better of me. And I'm like, nah, not today, buddy. And they would come right at me. And then it just seemed like every, the hole was huge every single time we ran it. But I would sit in the, um, and I, I knew the play call would be like one twenty two slide draw. And I would, mm-hmm. and like, I'd be in the huddle, like, gosh, oh, here we go. And Stocko or, you know, Sorgi would, and Brooks would run it and smile at me and go, Hey guys, one twenty two slot draw. And I'm like, Oh, I, I'm like, I knew it. Um, yeah, man, those were hard plays. And then anytime I blocked for you against Alex Lewis, it was oh. like a pissing competition. Yeah, man. He was, yeah, he's one of those players that just knows one speed, man. Like he's like a hundred, a hundred miles an hour regardless of what you got on, you could, you could be out there in like golf slacks and he's tackling people, you know, it could be a walkthrough. He's a hundred miles an hour tackling people. 
I mean, the guy was intense. You know, he just, yeah. I, I, f- I feel I, like Alex Lewis is one of those guys who would have just absolutely been a star today with the way the outside linebacker position is played. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. Because they're not asked sure. to drop into coverage as much as they were back when you guys were playing, especially in the four, three that you guys played. But now if you look at a guy like, uh, I don't know, like the sophomore Nick Herbig or something like that, or these dudes are back when, uh, what was it? A, a couple, a couple seasons ago, uh, the guy who got drafted by the Jaguars. I'm completely blanking on his name right now. Leon Jacobs. Leon Jacobs. Yeah, Leon yes. Jacobs. Like guys like that who can just come off the edge so hard. I feel like Alex Lewis would have been someone who just would have been a, a massive star. Yeah, now. in a three-four defense, he, you know, he's a three-four outside linebacker. He's a he's a demon out there. I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's talk about you know, obviously, you had you had two huge seasons, your freshman and sophomore year. So, obviously, you know, the adjustment wasn't too too much for you. But what was the toughest adjustment that that uh, you had to make coming in from either high school to college or from being scout team to being first team? Um, one, uh, the play calls from high school to college would be the play calls, you know, like I'm, I've come coming from a school where it was, everything was simple, you know, triple, right, triple left. That was the play. You know, there was no personnel groupings. There was no <laughs> formations. There was no motions to call. And so now I'm listening to these play calls and I'm like, man, what in the world is all this stuff? <laughs> you know, like, so it took me a while to adjust to learning, to understanding how plays were called. You know, uh, that, that was the big adjustment. Uh, I think the the schedule, you know, as a first year uh, football player was an adjustment. I mean, your whole day is pretty much mapped out for you. By the time you're done, you don't have, you might have the energy to, to watch 20, 30 minutes of TV, but you're spent. You know, you might have the energy to play 007, which is what we used to play at the time. But for the most part, you're spent. Um that was the biggest adjustment. And then when I started playing, it was just traveling, you know, like trying to balance, like, okay, you know, we got this big game coming up. I got this big exam coming up. I got schoolwork to do. I'm, I'm exhausted. You know, I got to recover. Like it's all these things you got to balance and figure out how to uh, make the most of your time. So those, those that was, those were big adjustments um, to make, um, you know, playing in games was an adjustment because I have TV timeouts, which I'm like, okay, this is cool. But I'm like, this is this is a long game. You know, it's not like a high school game. It's just a long game because of TV timeouts and things like that. Um, traveling and understanding kind of the unwritten rules of traveling with the team, you know. Uh, so everything was just um, a lot more structured than what I was used to. So that took some adjustment. But I ended up really, um, really, really liking it. So. TV timeouts are the worst. Yeah, man. I'm like, what are we doing here? Let's play. But sometimes it'll happen like in the middle of a drive. Yeah. (laughs) What are you guys doing? (laughs) Yeah. Because we would have like momentum. And I'm like, yo, why are we stopping? They tired. The defense is tired. Like, let's go. And it'd be a TV timeout. And I can just remember one of my funniest things. We used to be the huddle dynamics, right? You got all these different guys and personalities in this huddle. And clink you know, who is Clink. He's, he's his own person. He's going to do what Clink, Clink's going to do what Clink thinks he should do, right? He would leave the huddle early and he would he used to piss Brooks off real bad. And I just thought this was the funniest thing on earth because we would literally be in the game and Clink, before Brooks would finish, you know, calling the play, repeating for the second time, Clink would, would start walking to the line and put, Clink, I told you about that. You know, stop, stop leaving the huddle early. Wait till I finish calling the play. 
yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Whatever, whatever, Brooks. <laughs> and this is mid-game, and I'm sitting here crying, laughing. <laughs> we're in the middle of the game, and these two guys are arguing about who's leaving, coming and leaving the huddle. So I thought that was really funny, man. Uh, Click is one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a bad dude, but so such a nice off the like. It's funny how so people's personalities change so quickly when you're off the field to on. I mean, even me, I thought off the field, I was like a happy go lucky jolly, yes. but on the field, I was like, I would want to hurt everyone for Michigan yeah, man. the fans. When you used to put that that face paint on, I'm like, yeah, he's like a warrior, man. Yeah, he's about <laughs> to maul somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I remember just because remember we used to walk through the actual like the the um the concession area so people mm-hmm. would, they're like getting a hot dog and we'd be walking in and they kind of like move people out but they wouldn't really do mm-hmm. we just kind of walk through and i would just remember michigan fans or ohio state fans like other fans would come kind of walking up and i would just be like pushing them because you could do whatever you want at this point yeah. it's yeah. kind of nice yeah. pushing ohio state fans and michigan fans out of the way like high-fiving guys like it was i don't know what happened but it was like you just turn into a complete psycho. Yeah, man. I remember doing that to this Michigan fan one time. He wanted my gloves. <laughs> and I faked him like I was going to give it to him and like pulled my hand back. It was the most childish, petty thing I've ever <laughs> I've ever done in my life. <laughs> but it just felt good because I just didn't but like it felt Michigan. good, right? <laughs> you know, I didn't like Michigan. And, Dude, uh, AD, what was it like? Well, one, I, I want to hear what was it like, like being around Barry? Like, what was he to you? And then, you know, to me, Coach White was like a mentor. So what mm. was, like, besides like, you know, the, the, the bane of a lot of our jokes, like what, what was he like to you? I had a lot of respect for Coach White. Um, one, because he, beyond football, I felt like he valued the person. Beyond the player, beyond what you could do for the team, obviously his job is to coach and produce. And that and that obviously meant a lot to him, but I always felt like he was he was worried, he was concerned about me beyond what I could do on the field. You know, I could remember he cursed me out one time because I skipped a, a review session for an exam. Not the exam, the review session. I'm like, yeah, I got a review session, coach, but you know, I just try to get the notes from somebody else. Like, well, when is the review session? I was like, it's I think it's actually going on right now, just started. You skipping a review session and get the out of here. I told you about academics. You take your academics. I'm like, okay. And I was like, dang, I, you know, he, but I, I really respected that about him because, you know, I, I didn't feel like uh, every coach isn't like that. You know, some coaches are not going to value and prioritize academics the way he did. And I, and I always respected that about him. He'd have people out to his house. Um, you know, he just, you know, I felt like he, and he, and then, and then sometimes he tried to teach us like life lessons you know, <laughs> and I, I appreciated that about him. So I really did a lot of respect for him. Um, Alvy, same thing. Alvy, Alvy was, um, he was a tough coach. He was an intense coach, but I feel like dude was super, um, you know, he cared about his players. You know, he, he really cared about his players. Uh, I, I really felt that when he, uh, when we had, when, when 9-11 happened, I definitely felt like, you know, he stopped practice. He checked on people. You know, he made sure people who were from that part of the country were okay. I just felt like he, you know, you didn't always see it, but but, but he was he he was really a guy who who cared about um, cared about his players and made sure that we were 
um, doing what we're supposed to do. He pushed us, but he also treated us well. I'm like steak and lobster after the games. I'm talking to guys at other programs. They didn't get that type of stuff after victories, you know, and, and I feel like he, he had high expectations for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like, you know, once you, once you got to a level with him where you could, you, you can walk in and, and have a conversation with him, he would listen, you know, like as a captain, I can remember going in his office and saying, look, coach, we had two, two a days in a row, you know, guys, legs are heavy. People are going down with injuries. I think we need to go half pack, or I think we need to, we need to take a break, man. Cause people are, people are pulling muscles and people are exhausted. You know, gives, we need, we need time to recover. And I can remember him looking at me and saying, why don't we do this? I'll do that. Sometimes I can remember him looking at me saying, no, we need work. And I'm like, damn, right. you know, but I really like that. You know, if, if you carried yourself the right way, you know, you were about your business and you, you, you were trustworthy, you know, on and off the field, you know, you would, you would never have no issues, you know, and he, he was someone who very much respected that, I guess, the way you carried yourself. And so that's someone, that's something I learned from him is like, dude just had this type of presence where, you know, when he walks in the room, like, you know, you kind of feel like his presence in the room, you know, people yeah. will stop and look and listen. And, and I always was like, man, I, I want that type of, I want that type of juice one day, man. Yeah. Andy, you know. were you the reason we got Seabiscuit that morning at camp? Oh man, I don't, I don't know about that one, man. That Seabiscuit was rough, man. I'm like, I couldn't. I would have rather practiced. <laughs> I couldn't tell you one minute of that movie. I was knocked out. I'm like, I'm going to sleep. I think yeah. everyone was sleeping. Yeah, because it was air conditioned, which camp wasn't. Mm-hmm. I just remember I got, I got on the bus. And you're like, I don't think I saw a minute of that movie. I was sleeping for three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this is the dumbest thing we've ever done, but I actually loved it because we didn't have to practice, but the movie was so-so. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't even, uh, I don't remember, I couldn't tell you. I didn't make it past the opening credits. I was in there <laughs> snoring, catching Z's. You know. They opened the theater up for us at like 8.30 in the morning. Yeah, it's exactly. Random day. <laughs> you know, and, and the one thing I will say about him is there's always a reason for things, right? He always mm-hmm. had a reason why, you know, we went to a movie the night before a game. There was always a reason why, you know, we did things the way we did them. And so that's something that I that pulled from him as well. Like, you know, do things with intention and purpose, you know, don't just do things. So I, I really like that about him. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. So, you know, I, I know we, we are uh, limited on time here, so I want to mm-hmm. get your, uh, I want to get your opinions on, you know, the state of the team nowadays, uh, I assume you're still watching, you know, whenever you can. You're a busy man. But um, what is your opinion, especially on the running back room for this year? Because they're a very young group, a very inexperienced group. You know, obviously they got the the Clemson transfer in Malusi. But, you know, what are you what are you hearing? You still tapped in and what are your expectations for the coming season? Uh, I'd like to see somebody become the guy, you know, like I think that those are the question marks right now. Who's going to become the guy? You know, and, and I, I like, I think we got some talent in the room. And I know there's some kids um, who've, who've had some injury issues that, that they like, that they're pretty big on. Um, so I'm hoping that they can shake the injury bug and, and, and get on the field so we can see, see get a chance to see them in action. But uh, I'm just, I'm waiting to see who's going to emerge as the guy. You know, that's what I really want. I mean, they got, they got Berger, who's another one of those Jersey running back. What is it about New Jersey running backs in Wisconsin, man? Like between you, Ron Dane, Jalen Berger, Corey Clement, 
Jonathan Taylor. Like, you know, you've, you've got right there, I think, four of the top five rushers in, in school history. Mm-hmm. What, what is it about New Jersey backs in Wisconsin? Because I, I, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I think there's a natural uh, connection. Obviously, there's a natural pipeline. I think that if you look at how Jersey football is played, with it being a small state, schools are on top, right on top of each other. You know, you may have like five or six schools you don't like in a conference. You're going to get a lot of similarities to playing in the Big Ten. Then you're playing in cold weather, so that's not an issue. Um, and there's a lot of talent in Jersey, you know. And uh, I think that for a while, schools would come into Jersey and just pluck talent, you know, because they Jersey Rutgers at the time was having a tough time keeping in-state talent. And, and at one point, they weren't even – recruiting their own state. You know, they were going to Florida looking for kids. And meanwhile, all these other schools are, are hopping in Jersey and, and, and plucking kids. Um, so I, I think that there's, there's some similarities with playing in New Jersey and playing in the big 10. And then, you know, like me, when you see another guy from your small state go somewhere and do well and make it, then you're like, Hey, I, I think I can do that too. And so I think you get, you get a lot of that going on as well, you know, AD, you're the best, man. I just thank you so much for coming on this this show. I feel like we could chop it up for. I have stories in my head that I'm like I can't tell. Maybe I could tell. Yeah, yeah, no. I had, I had a couple moments like, ooh, maybe I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to say that just yet, but yeah, I could. We could talk. The, you know, there's two time. that the Russ Coons when Coach White walked in and scared him to death was one of my the funniest things I've ever seen. And then when when Coach White's like, "Hey, Russ, what's your GPA gonna be?" Oh, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back. We'll have you on again. Um, AD, I absolutely love you. Um, you're, you are one of my favorite people. That still asks, like, how's AD? You know, so I'm like, he's good, man. He's good. Yeah, uh, man. They love you too, brother. And, and, and <laughs> let's do this again. I think it's hilarious to share some of these stories, man. <laughs> I, I still think we should write a book. I really do. I think it would be hilarious, man. I think it would be hilarious. Russ would have Greg Root too. Yeah. It would be just too much. But AD, thank you so much. Man, always a pleasure. Yeah, man. I'm happy to be on the show and I appreciate y'all having me today. Of course. Yeah, of course. You. And uh until next time on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Go Badgers. <laughs> thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.